Welcome to the podcast. Welcome to everything you need to know about music, where tonight I, Jason, am sitting with my friend Kevin. So what's up, Kev? Hello, Jason. And... Hello. Oh, sorry. I'll say hello, listeners. Oh, yeah, sorry. I know you like to do that. And Michael. So what's up, Mikey? Hello, Jason. Um, before we get into tonight as our new theme that we're going to talk about, let's do music that we're listening to now, which is This Is My Jam. This can we do that? Jam. We can do This Is My Jam. All right. So I'm going to start it off since since I have the uh, the floor, so to speak. And I want to tell you that right now, This Is My Jam. This is Yeba. Live at Electric Ladyland Studios, Electric Lady Studios. Sorry, um, she did an album. It's kind of a, it's an EP. There's five different songs on it. Uh, Pino Palladino plays on the bass. Um, Quest Love plays the drums, and a couple of other amazing session musicians play. This is called Louis Bag. Mm. Talk about soulful. What's her name again? Yeba. Yeba. It's her name is Abby. It's Abby backwards. Her voice is insane. It was a stormy winter. Mm. I was a city burn. And ever since I can remember, that's just the way it hurt. And it goes on and on. And so live at Electric Lady Studios. There's like five or six songs on the EP, and it's really, really, really good. So that's what I'm listening to now. This is my jam. Really good. Right. I like it. Mikey? So my jam right now, there's, a, there's no big story behind this. Okay. However, I have been watching the show Physical on Apple+. Plus. Oh, I don't know that. It's based in the 80s. Okay. And one of the opening scenes of uh, maybe the fourth or fifth episode, this song is on. I, hadn't, I don't remember hearing this for at least 20 years. And it just puts me in a good mood. So this is my jam. Okay. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> Who is this? This is Eddie Rabbit. Eddie Rabbit. Eddie Rabbit. Wow, Driving yeah. my life away. It's just catchy. You know it is. It's a great tune. It's that rocking guitar, huh? You know what? Great call. All right, I'm adding that to my little playlist for the week. All right, but Kev, I, I feel like being in a big rig. Listen to yes, that, right? You know, for just sure. just that, be, yeah. be behind a big Mack truck, you know, <laughs> steering wheel, honking the yeah. horn when I need to, yeah. and just driving it through traffic. It is a driving right? song. Yeah, that's a good point. All right, all right, Kev, you're up. Here's my. This is my jam. Um, have you guys heard of the band yet? Wet leg. No. Mike? No, I have not. No. Okay. Mm-hmm. Two, two gals from somewhere in England, I think. I'm like, we get this wrong, or Scotland. Um, but it's it's some cool stuff. The name of the song is Chase Long. Not Chase Lounge, because right. that's not what it really is. It's okay. Chase Long. Okay. Little 80s progressive style kind of Yeah. They're a little raunchy. Yeah. But this one is not explicit. 
Wow, I wouldn't pick this song for you. I'm liking that you like this. It's cool stuff. That bass line is bass. Yeah, happen, right? It reminds me a little bit of Sonic Youth. Oh yeah, okay. Oh, right. And so they just put out an album. Some of their stuff reminds me a little bit of um, the Go Go's too. Yeah, there's some of that '80s in there. All right, so that's your jam. All right, I like it. Chase Long like it from Wet Leg. All right, let's get to it. Tonight's podcast is somewhat self-serving for me because it's something that I want to talk about and have wanted to talk about for a little while, but I had not really the right audience to talk to about it. Um, So having you guys here tonight is really cool for me because it's going to be fitting in two ways, one for each of you. Awesome. Um, We're going to talk tonight about a guy that I don't think you're going to know. His name is Jerome Salone Felder. Does that ring any bells? He doesn't go by Don Felder, like from the Eagles, right? No, he okay. does not. Right. But no. he does go by the name Doc Pumice. Do you know that name? Pumice like... Like the stone. Like the stone. Yeah. P-O-M-U-S. And is it D-O-C? D-O-C. Doc, Doc Pumice. I don't know and Doc Pumice. Nope. He is a songwriter. Ah, okay. Okay. Uh, And tonight I want to talk briefly. This is going to be a quick one because I just really want to tell this story of him as a songwriter and how the songwriter has a really interesting job and can change the perspective of what the story is by just looking at things and saying things a different way or a certain way. And I think he does that really, really cleverly. Okay. And then there's a bit of irony why I'm doing this for Kevin. Okay. Okay. So let's just give you a little bit of background. First, let's go backwards. He was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 1992 as a non-performer because although he was a performer, he got inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame as a non-performer. Songwriters Hall of Fame in 1992, Blues Hall of Fame in 2012. He was born in Williamsburg, Brooklyn in 1925 to Jewish immigrants. He attended Brooklyn College from 1943 to 1945. So we're talking World War II era. Okay. Okay. He then heard this song, and it was because of this song in particular, this specific song, that he decided the rest of his life he would dedicate to music only. This is... Big Joe Turner. This is the Piney Brown Blues. And for nice. some reason, this song just killed him. And for those that know blues, it's a Jew, it's a blues staple. It's a standard. Um, but I think Big Joe Turner's voice is what most people will know, not necessarily this particular song. Big Joe Turner did Shake, Rattle, and Roll? He did. Okay. Yeah along with many other early 50s blues songs. But it was this one in particular that just got him. So here, let me give you a little bit of this real quick. Well, I'm in again, you see. It's a great voice. Yeah. Girl, that everything is really all right. Yes, I've been again, you see. So anyway, that's the song that for, forever changed his life. Mm-hmm. And he actually recorded about 40 singles himself in the 1940s. Doc, Doc, Doc Pumice did. In the 1940s and the 1950s on the chess label, Apollo, and even Gotham uh, rec- recording companies. 
But he really came into his own in the 1950s when he started writing for Laverne Baker, Ruth Brown, and then Ray Charles. And he ironically then later in life actually started writing songs for Big Joe Turner, okay. which is kind of a full circle moment. Yeah, right. But his real first uh, standout, and then uh, I'm just going to get through this because I really want to get to what I want to tell you, but this was the song that he wrote first that really gave him success. This is the Coasters called Youngblood. Kev, do you know this song? Because I know you know some of the early 50s stuff, but do you know this early? I couldn't keep myself from shouting. Look at there. Look at there. Look at there. I don't think I know, but it's fantastic. Just listen. Uh, no? The coasters are awesome. I don't know. Okay. But the coasters terrific. are amazing, aren't they? Yes. Yeah, absolutely awesome. I will definitely right. play that tomorrow. So, oh, in the coasters' greatest hits, if you can just, their essential stuff, yeah. some of their stuff that isn't really like their big popular stuff is right. even better it's than better the popular than the, yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah, they're a better band, let's call them, or group, than even they get credit for, yep. in my opinion. All right. Anyway, so he writes Young Blood and gets it gets co-credited on the song and gets a royalty check for $2,500, which in today's dollars is well over twenty five grand. which for a guy back then is like, yeah. whoa, wait a second. I don't have to go out and perform. Right. I don't have to like carry equipment and lug stuff around. I can just write music and make this kind of money. So in 1957, Doc Pumice totally gives up singing and gets fully into songwriting. And this is where it gets interesting. At that time, 1958, 1959, he teams up with the pianist Mort Schumann, and they go through, quite possibly, the greatest songwriting run of any duo still to date. Okay? They come out with, for example, now remember, granted, we're still in the late late 50s. They come out with these songs and auction them off and people start instead of them trying to sell they come to these guys and go can you write me a song right wow. and so they write songs like this this magic oh. moment they write songs for everyone okay this is benny king and the drifters they write teenager in love dion and the belmonts oh nice wow now Doc does all the song lyrics, and Mort Schumann does all of the like chords, uh, arrangements for for piano and all of the musical stuff. So like El, El John, yeah, kind of, yeah, and Bernie Top, yeah, Doc exactly. Bernie Top, okay. yeah. They write this, the Mystics. Do you know this? Now, Mike, I said you would know every one of these songs. Am I right so far? No, you're not. No, oh gosh! I, right. I, I knew, except for Piney Brown Blues. Yeah, yeah, I knew. Okay. Do you know this? I don't think I know. No, huge hit. All right, I don't know Hush Puppy either. It's no, the though. Mystics, big, big hit for the Mystics. Okay. This one's gonna be tough. This is Fabian, Turn Me Loose, huge hit. His biggest hit, I, I, maybe. This is Fabian's biggest. Fabian, hit? top three. Good. But I play all of those to then say, yeah. <laughs> he then gets a contract to start writing for Elvis Presley and writes 25 of Elvis's songs. 
and they're all amazing hits. Song for this movies, song that he would record and put on albums, right. songs for B-sides, and then, of course, songs that were massive, massive hits. Right. So, while I want to maybe um, uh, bow a little bit to your uh, resilience to give Elvis the credit that he is due... And and the, and the and the Rushmore that we talked about uh, placement that I feel he deserves. I just barely left him off. Right. I know. I know. I know. I, and I'm exaggerating your, your, <laughs> your, your, your thing here. But I want to at least honor and credit Doc Pumice for writing so many of these songs for Elvis. Okay. So I wanted to at least do that for you. Let's. Do you know this Let's one? Learn. A very old friend came by today. This is Marie's the name I don't of his know. latest fame. I do not know Marie's. I'm sure you know this one. This is Viva Las Vegas. Viva Las Vegas. He wrote this. He wrote all of them. Song, Doc Pumice. lyrics and song. L- lyrics and music and lyrics. Mike, you know this. One. I know this. One. Okay. Right. Do you know this one? This is called Suspicion. Not suspicious minds. No. Every time you kiss me, I'm still not certain that you love me. It's one, good. Right, one last one. Little Sister by Elvis Presley. Oh yeah. He wrote all of these. All and of them. and dozens more. Little sister, don't you? Wow. No? His estate. I assume he's no longer with us, right? No, Doc Pumice did. His die. estate must be. Phenomenal, right? Right. He, he did very well. Can, yes. can I ask you a dumb question? Of course, because I'm not a huge Elvis guy. No, obviously, no, I know sure. a lot of his songs. Yep, it sounds different than some of the Elvis songs I'm familiar with. Did his style change over the years? Was this earlier Elvis? Um, I think Elvis sang a little bit of everything. Okay, so maybe some of the ones you're more familiar with, "Can't Help Falling in Love," right? And some of the some of his more popular like. Songs that are still relevant today yeah. that you would hear at like a party or a wedding or something stuff like that. These are his songs from the late fifties, early sixties. Okay. But Elvis sang everything from from slow, soulful ballads to up tempo really they, they had him doing everything. Got it. Yeah. So is it quintessential so, Elvis? Yeah, it is because he did everything. He recorded so seven hundred songs. Thomas was a, a shorter time frame. Was he a, like in the early stages? He was in the earlier stages of Elvis's career. Okay. Yeah, but basically because Elvis was was tops in that time. Yeah. He had, I mean, seven, eight, nine different songwriters that would feed him stuff, but right. Doc was one of the major ones. He just sang whatever was put in front of him. That's he, all. He, you know? he did. He really he kind of <laughs> did. But but you know what? He took a song like that, and because it was Elvis, he made it his own, put his little flair on it, and it was a hit. Yep. Yeah. But hey, you know. To, but that's not what we're talking about. But go ahead. Go ahead. Go but, ahead. But go speak ahead. of the songwriting aspect, go ahead. and especially for if there's any young people listening to this that, that, that they aspire to be musicians. I mean, take something from Doc Pumice in terms of, you know, songwriting is is really a lucrative piece of it, it really right? is but like performing is not the lucrative piece anymore no right? no it, it really it's, isn't it's either publishing yes. or it's songwriting yes and like all the big stars of today there are like what a handful of songwriters that people really don't know who they are i mean so true. some of their like i think what sia is that her name yep she's a big songwriter right? right even though she does some of her own stuff yeah Mar- um, yeah Marin morris a couple of other major ones that are kicking songs to so many people and you get paid tons and tons and tons of money to right. do it jack Jack Antonoff from um, 
the band Fun. I think he writes stuff for Taylor Swift. Oh, no kidding. Um, I think he produces too, but yeah. uh, I mean, so but you're absolutely right. Songwriting, kids, songwriting is where it's at. It's not what I wanted to talk about, by the way. It's really? Just, I just wanted to, yeah, that's, that's, not even, that's not even the story. Here's where the story comes in. Okay. All right, so what I really wanted to get to and, and talk about Doc Pumice. Oh. He wrote all those songs for Elvis, but I will, the reason I wanted to bring him up and the reason I wanted to talk about him specifically as a songwriter is because he wrote a song and I'm going to play it for you and then I'm going to say something about Doc and then I'm going to play it again okay. because I think that the songwriter has the gift of being able to change your perspective once you know certain things okay. and I think that once you hear the song again after I tell you what I'm going to tell you, you will forever hear a song differently. And I think that that's the power of music and that's the power that the songwriter has. All right. So he originally wrote a song for the Drifters called Nobody But Me. That goes like this. I don't expect you to know this song. But I think you'll recognize that it's the Drifters. Who's going to kiss you in his kissing time? Kissing time. It, it's in that same vein of it, that this magic moment though right? yeah, oh, absolutely right, yeah, yeah. Yep. totally in the same category right. and you would say it's the same style for sure now uh, that was the A side the B side of that song was played more because Dick Clark who was mm-hmm. a famous DJ at the time uh, liked the B side better hang on for a second go ahead is that crazy that we have to explain who Dick Clark was I know Dick I know, Clark I have for, to. For, for those of you youngins <laughs> that are listening tonight Dick Clark was such a big part of our lives, and and actually a bigger part probably of our parents' lives, right? Right. This genre, um, in American particular. Bandstand was, you know, uh, here, here's I'm dating myself, right? Like like Total Request Live, I think yeah. it was big in the yeah, '90s, right. or in the, in, yep. in the early 2000s or whatever yep. on MTV. Um, you know, and in the beginning of MTV with all the DJs and that sort of stuff. You know, we got we got used to those people, but Dick Clark, I mean, he was the guy to bring music. Yes. To, to you know, to people if, back in the fifties, sixties, on Dick Clark's show, yeah. I mean, you made it. It right. was th- that was a make or break thing. That's how your music became known and heard by people. Yeah. And so, but the cool thing about that that I don't think we get today is not only do we not have DJs as as personalities that do sure. that today, but he would curate and think about it. Right. I don't like the A side. I like the B side. So they gave him the freedom to play the B side. It's all and algorithm. That, Sorry. No, go ahead. Say what you're going to say. It's all algorithms, yes. now, right? It's it's all driven by by, by these metrics and, right. and, and 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 data versus somebody listening to listening to the B side and saying, you know what, right? This is better. So the B side of that song or of that album, I should say, is this. You can dance every dance with the guy. The Drifters. Save the last dance for me. Yep. Now, I'm going to say this while this is playing. Okay. So, this song was a huge hit. It spent three weeks on at number one on the U.S. pop chart. Yep. And it was actually produced by Jerry Lieber and Mike Stoller, who were the main producers. Their intern at the time was the then unknown Phil Spector. Ah. So, that's why you kind of have that sound, right? Um, it's basically a song that talks about how the guy's lover has the ability to kind of mingle around and socialize throughout the evening, but make sure that you save the last dance for him. Right. Right? Yep. You've heard the song. Absolutely. Okay. But don't forget who's taking you home. Now, what I'm going to tell you is that Doc Pumice, as a kid, 
contracted polio okay. and spent years in crutches and in pain right. and in hospitals and dealt with his condition so badly that in the later years of his life, he would have to go around in a wheelchair. And it was then later he got into an accident and that exacerbated the post-polio problems and the syndrome. Mm. And he was almost permanently paralyzed and stuck in the wheelchair. He was riddled with pain, agony, heartache, and he would leave journals describing how painful life was for him, but his only outlet was songwriting. Right. Getting his feelings and emotions out through song. And so, eventually he meets this girl. Her name was Willie Burke. She was a Broadway dancer. Okay. And he wrote that song on their wedding day. Oh my gosh. And sang it to her saying you can dance and with anyone you want to but at the end save the last dance for me that's cool so now every time i hear that song i think of that and i think the power of yes he wrote a pop song he wrote just a radio friendly song but when you think about it but don't forget it's important to him yeah. and now that i never can hear this song any other way but through that lens that's awesome So I wanted to tell you that story because I just think songwriters need to be discussed about more and their stories need to be told because they're as important, sometimes even more important than the artist. He wrote four. I'm just going to put this on in the background while I say this. He wrote four. Janis Joplin, Elvis, of course, The Drifters, who we're listening to, Mm -hmm. Ray Charles, The Searchers, Frankie Avalon, Fabian, Bobby Darin. Benny King, Dion, The Flamingos, Bobby Vinton, Laverne Baker, The Everly Brothers, Gary U.S. Bonds, Chubby Checker, The Crickets, The Coasters, The Hollies, B.B. King, and Dr. John. But never mind the re-recording of these songs by Joe Cocker, ZZ Top, Elvis Presley, Dean Martin, or sorry, Elvis Costello, Dean Martin, Andy Williams, The Beatles, Bad Company, and Bob Dylan, uh, The Beach Boys, BB King, I mean, on and on and on and on, and would get then royalties, obviously, yeah. from all of these people. But in my opinion, I just think it's songs like this, even though so many of them were radio hits and so many of them were just, you know, songs to kind of sell, there were very special songs to him. And he has always said this was his most that famous. Was his, that was his favorite. So I wanted to play that for you. So that's it. That's Doc Hummus. That's terrific. Yeah, yeah. Terrific. pretty good. Awesome. Yeah. So with that, I will say thank you very much for listening, and we will uh, see you next time. Cause don't forget who's taking you home and in whose arms you're gonna be. So darling, say the